Last week, in talking about the kingdom of God, and uh, that that just in this most kind of just simple understanding, just being being God's rule, you know, His reign over all things. Um, we talked about how the Ten Commandments kind of they they bring to humanity this uh, kind of they present this new this new option, you know, this new way of thinking, this new way of living. Uh, to people who were were walking in spiritual darkness, uh, God, you know, He does all, all this stuff, and I don't, I don't have time to get into everything. But so He brings the Israelites out of bondage, out of slavery, and He gives them these ten these ten rules, these ten guidelines, these ten commandments, or you know, whatever. And uh, a part of what that was, what that did for them is is it it created this this new understanding. What it, it basically it, it painted a picture for them. Of, of, of a, a new, new to them, but this, it was this kingdom that they had never really seen. You know, they'd grown up in worldly kingdoms and, and with worldly rules and worldly ways of doing things. And, and these commandments come down and they paint this, this new picture of a world that, that exists, um, of a way of thinking and a way of, of, of living that's different than anything that they had experienced before. And so, uh, every, like every kingdom is a reflection of the king, and so when the king hands down, you know, ten commandments, they are they're they're helping to to paint this picture of what life in this kingdom looks like, and that points back to him. So really, the ten commandments are are a reflection of the king, and the way that the king thinks, and the way that the king acts, and the way that the king wants his kingdom to look. Um, and so here they are; they're handing down these these guidelines, and we're not going to go through them all, but um, the picture that's painted is one of um, of there being there being one God, this one exclusive God, um, and in a polytheistic culture, you know all these gods everywhere and stuff like that. He's saying, no, no, in my kingdom, there's one God, um, and uh, there are no idols, there are no graven images, there's no like you don't worship anything except for me. Uh, you don't use my name improperly. You don't swear oaths by by my name. You don't use me as a as an abracadabra kind of formula or whatever. Like there's there's this exclusivity in in my kingdom where I'm I'm it, I'm it. And you keep going through the kingdom, and it kind of just lays out this big description of, of in my kingdom. Um, we don't we don't murder when we're angry. We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. We don't uh, we don't covet. You know, we're not jealous of of each other. Um, we honor authority. Um, and we honor the structure that's provided. So we honor parents. Um, you honor me. You know, there's, so there's a, there's just this existence there that's, it's, it's orderly. Uh, people, people, they just, they respond to things differently than in the world. He's painting this picture of, of what life in his kingdom looks like. And so the, the Israelites, I mean, think, to, to try to think like them for a second, they've, they've existed in this world that's completely corrupt and completely deceived into thinking that, when someone uh, like if they make you angry enough you murder you murder them you know if if you need to get something out of someone you just lie to them and until it kind of works out um that that you can cheat you can cheat you can steal um if if your neighbor has something that you want it's okay to envy that and find a way to get that and and so that's that's how that was the norm and then all of a sudden God says okay now um here are your commandments don't do all that stuff and and only worship me and so they're presented with the with with this this com- 
completely upside down kingdom. And, and he's putting these commandments on them in part to show them that they can't do it on their own and to create this, their understanding of a need for a mediator to come. And that was Jesus and that's, that's what he did. But also presented, it painted this picture for them and, and it was supposed to stir something in them to say, you know, I'm, I want to live in that kingdom. Like I, I want to live in a world where people don't lie and cheat and steal and, and murder and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I want to be in a place that is loving and that is, I, I want to be a part of that kingdom. And when Jesus shows up, he's, he's saying, you're, you're invited into this kingdom. You're included in this kingdom, no matter what you look like or where you're from or any of that kind of stuff. And we talked about that in our groups this week that, that in, in Jewish culture, like you had to, you had to be a, a male who was wealthy, who was pious, um, who was healthy. You know, you had to, there were just these certain things. It was a very like exclusive club of people who thought that the kingdom of God was available to them. And Jesus comes in and says, no, no, it's available to every, every one of you. You got to come through me. But everybody can come through me. And so as they, as they have this picture in front of them, these, these commandments, um, a part of what happened was there began to be this longing for this other way of living, this other way of thinking. When Jesus shows up, he tells them, um, a new, this new way of thinking, this, this desire, you want to, you want to carry out these ten commandments, you want to carry out the, the spirit of the law, you want to, you want to, you want to live the way that God wants you to live? I, I'll teach you how to do that. I'll be the I'll be the mediator. So I'll I'll rejoin you to God, but then I will I'll renew your mind. I'll I'll teach you new. I'll teach you how to think like this kingdom. I'll, I'll teach you how to go from someone who 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 wants to lie to someone who doesn't lie. I'll t- I'll take you from, from someone who's who like deep down you're like I would like to murder you a lot right now. To someone who's, who doesn't even get angry, he, I'll teach you how to think that way. I'll teach you. I'll teach you. That's discipleship. Um, and so, but what I want to do is I want to I want to pull one of these commandments out that is terribly neglected and overlooked today, because this is this is a part of how he teaches us to live in his kingdom. It's part of how he was teaching them uh, back then. It's he instituted the Sabbath into their weekly regiment. So there's, there's these commandments that he lays out, this picture that he paints, and a part of that picture is the fact that people in the kingdom of God, they work and they rest. That's a part of it. That's a part of what happens in the kingdom. Is we work hard for six days and we rest for one day. And so he builds in from the very beginning this discipline this, this understanding, so they really start living in the kingdom at a, a very, very early on. Even before, before they can have access to it through Jesus and all this kind of stuff, this one thing that they're, that they're able to, to put into practice, and it's very, very intentional. And so for us today, this should be a part of life. It should be a part of our discipleship. It's a part of living in the kingdom. If you think of the Ten Commandments as a description of the kingdom, then why, we don't want to take out that one thing. I want to figure out, okay, how does, what does this look like for us today? So look at Exodus 20, uh, look at verse 8. He says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. More words more words go into that commandment than any of the other ones. And yet it's the one we like to kind of pass over, or we like to think that that's it's it's outdated, you know. That's 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 super old, or that's that's a strictly Jewish thing, um, and we're Christians, and so that's one of the Jewish things that we that we don't don't do. Um, not not the case. If you look historically, um, you know, all through the Old Testament, Sabbath was a part of it. Um, New Testament church comes along. And, and the, there was this kind of debate about do we still keep the Sabbath? Because that's like a Jewish thing, but we're Christians. Um, but they understood, they understood the depths of, of the Sabbath. And so there was a shift where it went from, uh, Friday night at sunset to Saturday night at sunset. That was, that's when the, uh, Jewish community practices the Sabbath. They shifted it to Sunday because that was the resurrection of Jesus. That was their corporate worship day. And so that became the Sabbath. And so they still practiced it. It looked a little bit different than before. There weren't all the laws attached to it and all that kind of stuff, but um, historically, it like it was it was a part of Christian culture all through the early church, you know, first couple of centuries, and then it just kind of kind of became something else, you know. And so, uh, in a, a lot of Christian communities today, especially in America, we think when we think Sabbath, we think that Sunday means Sabbath. Sabbath means Sunday. It's another way of saying Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, which basically means that's the day we go to church. Um, and and that's not really that's not really what what's going on. Uh, if if we look at the, look at the instruction um, to like to to keep the Sabbath and all that kind of stuff, um, work six days, rest one day. Work hard for six days, rest one day. Um, why why do that? Okay, two big two big reasons that God gives us for why. Um, if you don't have to flip to it, but in Genesis chapter two. Uh, we'll put it up on the screen. Um, this is what it's referring back to, just so you can know it's not made up. Uh, it says, Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished His work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Okay, He blessed the seventh day. He made that day holy, all right. And if you, if we're thinking holy as far as it's separate, other, he, he, that day was different than the other six, on purpose. That he, you know, he made stuff and 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 he made stuff, and, stuff, and then he just enjoyed it. That was his rest. He didn't create. He enjoyed what he had done for the previous six days. And that was rest for him. And he obviously really, really dug it. Because he blessed that day. And what God did was he established a pattern. So then he hands it down in the Ten Commandments. Back in Exodus 20, he hands that down as a part of the commandment. And, and what, he, what he's literally saying is, you need to do this, work six, rest one, because I worked six and rested one. He's saying that this is the, the most baseline, practical way to imitate me and to be like me. I work six, rest one. You work six, you rest one. So if we're asking why, why keep the Sabbath today, that's, that's the, first, the first point. It's because he did. 
And all throughout Scripture, he's saying, be like me, be like me, be like me. But it's not saying on the seventh day, be lazy. On the seventh day, do nothing. On the seventh day, just chill and check out and whatever. No, he got rested. And his rest was meaningful and deep because it was, and because when, if God responds to something by blessing it and making it holy, it must have been an awesome day. And so for us, begin first of all with imitating him and enjoying our labor. And so if you think, you think about Sabbath in that sense, like, um, like let's say, let's just, just for our own understanding, and, and we're going to get to some practical stuff in a few minutes, but, but just for a general like conceptual deal, let's, let's say that for us, Sabbath is um, like supper time on Saturday to supper time on Sunday. Okay, Let's say it's like a 24-hour window for us. That during that Sabbath time, we're enjoying the fact that we've been busting it for six days. And I don't mean like... Busting it in a like in like a sinful like overworking super like over ambitious like sinful kind of way. I mean we've been we've been we've been doing work for six days. We've been obedient to what he's put in front of us and the grace that's come our way, whether it's jobs or or finances or opportunities. We've been helping people. We've been we've just been been doing all this kind of stuff. And then on that and that that seventh day window. We get to enjoy what has happened during the week. That's what God did. He says to do the same thing. So that's a part of why the the pattern was established. Now flip over to Deuteronomy 5. Keep your finger on Exodus 20 because we're going to be back there in a few minutes. Um, Or you can just look on the screens. Deuteronomy 5, he kind of casts a different light on it. Look at verse 15, okay? In 12, 13, 14, we pretty much find the same thing as in Exodus 20. But uh, this is a little bit different. It says, You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Exodus 20, he says, Keep it because... I work six and rested one, so you do it and you imitate me. Here, he's he's like kind of adding adding like some more meaning to it. So this is a this is a day to remind you that you are free and that you have been freed by your king. You're you're free, and you have been freed. So a part of the Sabbath. Is, is not only to enjoy your, the six days of, of labor, but on that seventh day, you get to rest because you're f- no longer under the master that's driving all those six days forward. Okay? For them, think about it. They were, they were slaves in Egypt. They worked every single day, every single day, every single day. Now God brings them, brings them out of that, gives them the Ten Commandments, paints this new picture, and a part of that picture is you get every seventh day off. As a reminder that you are, you no longer belong to Pharaoh. You know, are no longer under that taskmaster. That you live in a new kingdom with a new king. 
And that new king wants you to take that seventh day and get real rest. Joy your life. Because that's what he did. And so if it's six days of like nose to the grind, like do like doing work, doing work, one day a week, you have a twenty-four hour period where you get to be you get that reminder, that tangible reminder that I'm I'm free. That was that was the Sabbath in the Jewish culture. And so they were reminded, look at what he's done. He led us out of there with his mighty hand and his outstretched arm. He has delivered us. We are no longer slaves. Now, now, what does that have to do with us? How does that fit in with us? Here's, here's what I think. We very, like very, very easily are ruled over by the calendar, by the clock, and by our need for approval, and uh, to try to keep people happy. Um, the ego stroke we get when we have so much going on, we're so busy and so stressed and this and this and this, it's, it's like we're being enslaved by that stuff. And, and, you, and you know that I'm right. Like it's, it's, like it's, a, it's like it's just like a given in our culture. It's like it's just, it's just the norm. Like everybody, it's just going, 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 going. To the point where, when you aren't going, you kind of don't know what to do. You know, I remember like it was a long time ago, but one time I was in college, and uh, it's like you were you were just like going, 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 and had this incredible like apex of finals week. And as soon as finals week was over with, like you had no idea what to do with yourself because you all you knew was like stress and procrastination and being behind and all this kind of stuff. And next thing you know, there's no school, there's no demands. Everybody goes a hundred different directions. You don't, you have no, you have just nothing to do. You have no, you just start going crazy. Our whole culture is like that all the time, except without the break. It's, it's enslavement. It's enslavement. And when people tell me, you know, like like every now and then this will come my way, um, and maybe, uh, yeah, maybe more often, maybe more now, so recently than than ever before. People saying like, I just, I'm just, I'm too busy, I'm too busy to do whatever. Can't go to group tonight. I'm too busy. Sorry, I wasn't at church. I'm too busy. I love, I'd love to help uh, go pick up our friends in Mason Day Me, but I just, I can't fit it into a Sunday. You know, it's, it's just, it's too much, too much. Love breakfast on the levee, but I, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then sometimes it even it even crawls into like 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 blaming the church for scheduling good things. You know, it's like why do y'all need us to like watch each other's kids for a community group? It's too much. You know, like it's one Tuesday in a three and a half month window, one Tuesday, and you don't have to sign up for it, but you feel that pressure to sign up for it, and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to let anybody down. You don't want to do this and this and this and this. That is enslavement. It is. And so we're really not that unlike the Israelites when they were in Egypt. But it doesn't have to be that way. That's, that's the crazy part to me, is that we don't have to live that existence. And I, everything I just described, I'm, I'm the same way. I went to Breakfast on Levy for the first time today. When we first started it, I had really good reasons. Like I was like, if I go out there, I'm gonna try to take over because I'm I'm that guy. 
And so I was like, I trust all the leaders. I'm not going to go. I'm going to let it form, and then I'm going to go. And I just, I just never went. And so we made it a part of our Disciple Now weekend, and, and so I went out there and all that kind of stuff. I, I understand. I'm not pointing the finger saying, like, y'all are enslaved. I'm saying we are enslaved by the, by the clock and the, and the calendar and by our approval addiction and all this kind of stuff. I, I'm in this with us, but it doesn't have to be that way for us. Jesus has freed us from that bondage. He's freed us from the bondage of sin, absolutely. He's freed us also from the bondage of living like the rest of the world. The Israelites didn't, they didn't know this. They didn't understand this. So God in, installed in, in a, as a part of their like weekly rhythm this time to rest so that they could learn that. We need it. I need it. You need it. If we want to live in the kingdom, this is going to be a part of living in the kingdom, is practicing the Sabbath. It helps us to break that rhythm of, of the things that, that tend to like just kind of rule over us if, if we let it. It's this reminder that it's not like every bit of grace in your life is not because you work really hard or you went to school or you got lucky and like got a really good job or anything like that. It's not about what we do. It's all grace. So if we work hard for six days and we have a whole day to sit there and to just let God recharge us, Guess what? We're, like our ego is crushed. It's this reminder of you're free from all that. Your identity is not in that. That's not, that's not what it's all about. This world is out there trying to make all this money for all, and all this greed and all this kind of stuff, whatever, and you, that's not your life. You have to live in that world, but you're not of that world. This is how we figure out what that tension looks like as we practice the Sabbath. It's so difficult because like how, how am I supposed to live in the world but not be of the world? How does that work? How does that work? How does that work? This, the Sabbath will help us figure that out. God, in His complete sovereignty, has figured out um, exactly like how to break that cycle in us so, so that we can navigate our way through that. And Jesus says, I, I will lead you through that. I will teach you how to think. I will completely change your life. Um, be like me. Work six. Rest one. It'll, it helps. This is, this is not a time management technique. This is, this is so deep for us. But when we practice it, time management naturally, naturally gets better. It naturally happens. This is, this is about connecting with the Lord in a deep and powerful way. So why do we do it? One, because He did it. And we are imitating Him. And the second thing is, is because we are free. And we have been freed. And this helps us stay in touch with that reality. All right. So let's let's talk let's talk practical stuff. Look back at Exodus twenty, uh, verse eight. We're going to put this verse up. and We're going to leave it up because because um, we are okay. Um, so the first the first word remember. Uh, if we're talking practical stuff, the first thing we have to do is remember it, and not like remember it like trying to remember your like multiplication tables or whatever like. Remember it, meaning like you plan ahead and you guard the Sabbath. You plan it. It's intentional. It's very much on purpose. Okay. So, so here's, here's, here's what I'm saying. You, you literally sit down with your, with your calendar and your schedule and you, you start right now. You start looking at next weekend. Okay. So again, let's say we're doing Supper time on Saturday to supper time on Sunday. You, you look at that window. 
and you plan it intentionally, on purpose, and you guard it with your life. I know some of you are thinking, that, there's, that sounds really nice, but there's no way that's practically going to work. Well, it's never going to work if you don't ever try it. So, lessen the window, you know, whatever. Don't do a 24-hour step, do a 12-hour step, whatever. Start somewhere, okay? You take this chunk of time, and I would say, ideally, work, work for an entire day. Uh, like, make that your goal, is I want to get to where I'm doing a 24-hour real Sabbath, but uh, that's going to require changing some of your routines and some of how you plan and all that kind of stuff. So I get that. But anyway, let's say you, you have that window. You start right now making sure that, one, that that time is blocked off, and two, that the right things go in that window of time. And you guard it. And you, listen, you, you tell people no. I, I can't, I can't do that. You don't have to get all pious and like, you don't have to be that dude like, oh, that's my Sabbath. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, I cannot do that. Uh, don't be weird about it, but guard it. Okay? Um, there, there will be times when things will come up and you're gonna have to make a decision. Does that belong in my Sabbath time or not? If you are if you are married, then you as a couple sit down, look forward, like look ahead on your schedules and figure out let's 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 find this time and let's guard that time and let's make sure that the right things are in there. Uh, if you are if you have like kids, then that that could get a little bit tricky because there may come something may come up that is in that south window that you might have to say no to, or you might have to say yes to. Or you might not be sure what to do about it, and you might just have to, I don't know, ask Jesus what he thinks. Or you might just have to do your best and know that we don't live under the law, so you're not going to get crushed by the mighty hammer of God. Okay? Um, but in a practical sense, like you you plan it and you guard it. Okay? So remember, that's the first thing. The second thing, um, to, to keep it holy. Right? Now, um, I know a lot of times we talk when we talk about holiness, we, we speak in terms of 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 God being separated from sin and being devoted to His own glory, all right, um, and and so we're called to pursue that kind of holiness seven days a week. So this is not like live like whatever for six days and then be really really good for a twenty four hour period. That kind of holiness is what we're seeking all the time, separate from sin, devoted to the glory of God, all right. And in terms of the Sabbath being holy. That that is meant like separate, so separate from the other six days of the week. So once that time is is set aside and it's being guarded, now you have to figure out what goes in it, and the things that need to, that go in it need to fall in the category of holiness, separate from all the other stuff. So on that day, um, you you need to you need to rest. Like that would fall in the in the separate other category of that seventh day. The Israelites, they worked hard six days. On the seventh day, they, they literally, they, they probably, they slept in. They rested. It doesn't mean that they were lazy. But it was different than the other days. The other days, they're devoted to going, 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 and, and working, and all that kind of stuff. This day, they're literally devoted to rest and recuperating. Now, you go to a church that meets on Sunday night. So a part of your Sabbath could be not setting an alarm if you don't have to on Sunday morning. It could be it could be anything that that is is restful. 
the kind of a the guiding principle for like what what should happen on that day is to ask yourself what's what is good for me what's what's truly good for me holistically what is good for me and then you go and you do that what's going to feed me what's going to what's going to build me up what's what's going to fill me I, i'm going to go and i'm going to do that so physically rest rest will do that so you need you need to do that um, another thing physically that could happen is you just you just need to play, you know. Like um, I have a, a friend and a part of his like Sabbath uh, is like disc golf. That's one of his things. He's out there. He's either, he's sometimes with people, sometimes he's by himself. He doesn't get to play all all that often, and and so that's not a part of his regular six days. So on that seventh, he finds a way to get to the disc golf course. Do do that kind of stuff. You guys are like, so you mean I can go play golf? Well, if you play golf five other other days a week, then maybe that wouldn't necessarily be other. Um, find another another way to work all that out. But do do something do something different. You go walk, go out in nature, walk around, take a walk with your family. Do something that you don't do the other six days. Something that is going to be good for you, that is going to fill you. I know that sounds really like, it sounds like, I don't know. Something like Dr. Phil would say, you need to go take a walk. No, it's not. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, you need to do something physically that you don't do the other six days. When you, because when you do that, it connects to something deeper. And so when you ask yourself, what, what is good for me? And you go and do that, think, think, when you fill that, that window, what am I going to fill it with that's good for me physically? What am I going to fill that window with that's good for me mentally? Like what, what's going to be stimulating my, my mind? Okay. Um, so, like watching like a NCIS marathon is probably not like what what you need to be doing on your Sabbath. I understand you would like to maybe lay on the couch and watch a full marathon of that show. That's fine. That's not Sabbath. That's lazy and filling your mind with you know whatever quality TV drama. But that's not that's not what the Sabbath is about. You find you find a way to intellectually like stimulate your mind. So so. That's when we we read. That's when that's when you have conversations. One of the best things you can do on on, on a Sabbath, when you look at that window, is let's let's plan some meals that are intentional with people that we love, with people that we don't know very well. Let's have a meal and and let's do it in our, let's get together and cook or let's do something whatever. Let's turn all the TVs off. Let's pull our cell phones away. Let's have actual conversation with each other. If you go out to eat, let's go to a place where there aren't like TVs everywhere and all this. It's not so loud. You're yelling at each other. Um, like it's let's plan this on purpose. If you're if you're planning ahead like that, you start you invite people over. You do your own like eating with people I don't know. Make that a part of your Sabbath because that's it's stimulating intellectually. It's it's stimulating to us physically as we eat together and we gather around a table. Um, it's it fills our soul because that's because we were made for a community. It's that kind of stuff that's good for us. So we're asking what's 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 good for me physically, mentally. What's what's good what's good for my soul? This is this is the the time to to get into the word. Time to pray, reflect on the week, pray for the week ahead. Um, not that you don't get in the word the other six days. Not that you don't pray the other six days, but you you're in the word differently. On the Sabbath, you're praying differently on the Sabbath. There's something separate, something other about how you approach things on that day. That's why it's perfect for for a, 
a gathering like this to be a part of your Sabbath. When, when you think of it as, here's this, this window of things I want to fill that are good for me, and here's, I'm, I'm separating this 24 hour period or this, you know, supper to supper window, um, it changes the way you come into this room. It should. Instead of church being like, oh man, we gotta hurry up and get to church because it's that time on a Sunday. It's like, man, that's, I built this into my Sabbath on purpose because this is good for my soul. It's good for my mind. It's good for me physically. It is holistically good for me to come into that place, to be with those people, and to sing, and to look at the scriptures, and to, to be together. It changed the way you approach stuff. You look at, you look at that window of time and you see some of the things that, that we have going on as a church in that same window. Breakfast on the levee fills your soul. So you can go on our website, on our right now, and see every date for the rest of the fall that's on there. And you, you plan that as a part of your Sabbath. You bring your wife, you bring your kids, you bring your roommates, you bring whoever, and you go down there and you make that a part of your Sabbath because it's, because it's good for you. Not because we're trying to like guilt people into going. It's good for us. Our husband's discipleship meets, met this morning, it meets, uh, that's a, that's a good thing. When you see that as a part of your Sabbath, it's a good, it's a necessary thing and, and you, you go to that kind of stuff. People who, who work in the nursery, people do our kids group and our, um, our youth ministry and our setup teams, when we see it as fitting into the Sabbath, it's not like, oh, I gotta go do this now. And that's why they do it with such, with joy. This band, they, and they love what they do. I love what I do. I don't always see it as part of, like, Sabbath as filling. And I want to, I want to live in the kingdom in that way. Like, I want to, I want to work six and rest one. I want to fill my day with things that will, that will nourish me and fill me up. And so, we remember the Sabbath by planning it and guarding it. And we keep it holy by filling it with things that are, that are good for us. And you do it on purpose. Now think, take your, take your life and, and try to lay that Sabbath model over the top of where you are now. To think about how, how good that would be for you. I mean, to break that, that rhythm of the world that we live in. To like, hit pause on the rat race once a week and be able to just shift our focus. That Sabbath helps us stay in touch with reality. That's one of the things when we talk about the kingdom that, that is, it's really just stuck out to me is how the, the, the kingdom of God, that's reality. The kingdom of the world is complete deception. But we think it's, we think it's so real. So things like the Sabbath help us stay connected with reality. Not just on that one day, but all seven days. But if, if, if we never, if we don't practice Sabbath, then we're going weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of just running so, so, so thin. And then we burn out or we get frustrated or we, we just, it just goes, just all falls apart. I think it goes back to God saying, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I created this kingdom to look like this. One of the beautiful things about the Sabbath 
you start looking at um, economically how that would work, that, that means there's a whole a whole day where there are no crops being, there's nothing being planted, nothing being fertilized, nothing being harvested. There's no work going on. There's no just there's no economy rolling. A whole day with nothing. And on God's end, He's like, yeah, because you're going to have to just trust me. That I'm going to provide in the six days what you working super, super hard for seven full days probably wouldn't really get the job done anyway. Say, so, no, I'll provide in those six so you can rest on the seventh. It required all this faith. That seventh day was this reminder that He's, he's the provider, not you. He's the king, not you. His kingdom is real, not the one that you've created. His way is better than, than yours. He's the sovereign holder of the universe, and we are not. And yet he says, come on. Like, come with me. Come with me. Now, I don't know how this fits into your life. I know there's some of you who you, can't, you cannot wait to get home and plan next weekend. Because I understand that. And some of you just want me to shut up. Some of you think that I'm out of my mind to think that that could really work in 2011. Um, well, I, I, I think we should, I think we should try it. I think we should try it. See, see what happens. See if he is right. We all know, we all know he's right. But let's, let's see what happens. Um, now, we're not going to start like a Sabbath blog where people go in and post all this stuff or, you know, whatever, like a Sabbath version of Pinterest where everybody just goes and puts all their favorite things they do on their Sabbath or whatever. It's not going to be like that. It doesn't need to go public. You don't need to like tweet or Facebook like what you're doing on your Sabbath or whatever. Like, let's not be that, that group of people. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's something we should go for. Um, maybe this, this discipline, is going to help you plug into that kingdom mindset when you've been wanting it so bad, but you've just been frustrated because you're not sure how. Maybe this is a part of it.